Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. And we just a few weeks left uh, until the 2019 recruiting cycle. Uh, the Gators hosted some big-time targets this past weekend. And even though 2019 prospects were the focus this past weekend, Florida was able to snag a commit from four-star wide receiver Leonard Manuel on Monday. So some big news coming off of some uh, weekend with some 2019 guys, but it was 2020 that makes an impact with the big-time wide receiver commit Leonard Manuel. Uh, I'll take a look at, uh, back, uh, you know, a look back at the weekend that was in uh, look the p- potential impact of Manuel and uh, recent grad transfer Jonathan Grinnard. Uh, Grenard, uh, there we go. I think I got it right that time. Uh, and you know, we'll also take a look at some uh, key stats uh, that show the improvement uh, of the Gators from 2017 to 2018. But before we do, remember you can find Gators Breakdown on NewsForJacks.com/slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes as well as articles from the News for Jack sports team. Also, catch us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, and when using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. And on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. So, yeah, some breaking news, some big news here on this Monday. Let's get started with that. And four-star wide receiver Leonard Manuel commits to the Gators, currently the 36th ranked player in the nation for the 2020 class, 6th ranked, ranked wide receiver, and 4th ranked prospect in the state of Florida, Six foot four, 200 pounds, and the 8th commit for the 2020 class, for the Gators. Also, he's the third commit from the recent wave of commits from Vanguard and Ocala. Uh, you know, the other two being 2021 commits, five-star defensive end Bryce Langston and another four-star wide receiver in Trevante Rucker. Uh, looks like Georgia was going to be the biggest competition here uh, after Manuel uh, decommitted from Miami this past April. You know, but you can see the interest in Florida uh, as he's been on campus at least seven times since the the you know the, the last one being back in November, uh, November seventeenth. So you know way more than any school visited Florida, way more uh, than than all the other schools that were uh, in it for him. And lo and behold, to get his uh, commitment. Kind of some people saw this coming kind of soon. I don't know if they thought this soon, but uh, Gators were able to get it. So uh, Gators are getting a big time playmaker here. 
uh, at wide receiver last season. Emmanuel brought in 40 catches for 678 yards and nine touchdowns at Vanguard. And look, you know, so you, when you add Leonard Manuel to the 2020 class, you have a class that would move up to third, ranked so uh, f ranked third in the 2020 class so far on 24/7 Sports. Uh, so far, with eight commits, six four stars, two three stars, and that list would you know include Leonard Manuel now, who would be the uh, you know the highest ranked player there. Uh, then you got Kevon Lee, four star there. Gervin Dexter, another four star. Kedrick Bingley-Jones, four-star. Dequavion Frazier's a four-star. Rashad Torrance, a four-star out of Georgia. Anthony Richardson and Josh Griffiths are three-stars there, but you got to think Richardson with the love he's been getting. After these all-star combines and stuff, he'll stock will probably rise as well. It's the 2020 class off to a great start. Blue chips left and right, and uh, classes are really ramping up to be uh, you know, the one, maybe the signature class you'll go back and look at uh, for Mullen, not to throw away this 2019 class. We'll see how it finishes first, but 2020, well on its way to being uh, one, of, one of those uh, classes here. So, a little bit of breaking news there um, with, with Leonard Manuel getting it out there, uh, and he gave his pick up big time, big time wide receiver. Was a five star at one point. Uh, we'll kind of see where that goes. He's on the edge. <laughs> so, and look, that's just splitting hairs uh, right there. Uh, he's a talent for sure, a uh, big time talent. Uh, and one where the Gators will need uh, some wide receivers will be leaving uh, after next year. So getting a big-time wide receiver to, to, to get bring into the fold uh, definitely will, will help when uh, Van Jefferson, Tyree Cleveland, uh, Josh Hammond, uh, all those guys, you know, will, will more than likely be going to the NFL uh, next year. So Florida loses a bunch and you know, going to start filling them in with some big-time blue-chip talent uh, as well. So. Also, let's go back to this past weekend and the big visit weekend that was for the Gators. You know, the biggest news comes from four-star defensive lineman Charles Moore uh, when he came out of his official visit and named Florida his leader. A uh, big thing here is, you know, hoping that he sticks as, as he looks to visit LSU and Tennessee coming up. Uh, the Gators will have to fend off Auburn as well, but not FSU. Uh, Moore eliminated FSU from his list. Hopefully, uh, his feeling... You know, for, for the Gators right now, isn't mostly based off just coming off the visit. Uh, he has a history with Mullen, as he originally committed to Mullen at Mississippi State. Uh, he's the 105th ranked player in the country. Really enjoyed his visit at Florida. Florida made a big impression on, on what they could do uh, with him in the classroom. Uh, and the exact quote from Moore was, quote, and the Florida brand is so big, it's kind of like having a degree from Yale or Harvard or something. So, you know, so him being so familiar with the staff uh, and the classroom angle, has really impressed more uh, to the effect of pushing Florida into the lead, uh, but also this staff is letting him know how versatile of a player uh, he can be along this Todd Grantham and, and Sunseri uh, defensive line. So there's a lot to sell him, and uh, like I said, it'd be just about you know getting him to to, to stick with Florida in, in the lead in the next few weeks. A lot of Auburn smoke out there. He's got some connections there with a friend uh, that plays there, and. Uh, we know we'll kind of we'll kind of see where it goes. Decommitted recently, decommitted uh, from Mississippi State in Florida uh, was his first visit. So, biggest name on campus this past weekend: cornerback Kyir Elam, and definitely a top target, the top target left on the board for the Gators in this class. Uh, this had some interesting storylines over the weekend. Uh, it started by Elam coming in with a large group of his family that in, that included former Gator and his uncle. Matt Elam, uh, his parents made the uh, all-important trip uh, to get one last look at their son's potential destination. And uh, this was a, 
a weekend to, to put everything together for the Gators and show Elam's family, uh, you know, what it, what it means to be a Gator. So also Georgia was trying to start a little something with reports suggesting that Florida cornerback coach Charlton Warren may be uh, up for position at Georgia. And uh, that was definitely a planned move, leak, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, from the Bulldogs to try and get in Elam's head, his family's head. And I don't think his family is all too keen on the coaching movement at Georgia. And it, and it looks good right now uh, for Elam and the Gators. Uh, but, you know, he doesn't let much out when he speaks, keeps it close to the vest. And uh, this is still worth watching uh, as he's going to visit Georgia this coming up weekend. You know, and they'll try and squash any recruiting momentum that the Gators made this past weekend. So, you know, when I look at Elam, this is one of those, uh, this is one of those perception uh, recruits to me. This is the guy... You have a connection with his uncle, Matt Elam. Uh, he's a guy who you've thought to be in the lead for for a while. And, you know, this is it's time. You know, we went back and talked about it during our early signing day show. you got to keep the big boys in Florida. The big boys in Florida, you got to keep them in Florida and go and be in Gators. And also, this is one of your big rivals. Your rival, you're going to play in the East every year. You're going to be, be going head-to-head with Georgia on the field. And, Look, you, this is another chance to, to keep a big-time player away from Georgia. And you know, at this point, you know, Florida's got a good class going. It can really finish really, really well uh, for 2019. And to me, it starts with Elam for, for perception and just for on-field purposes. You need guys like this to, to, to consider, consistently uh, play with the likes of Alabama and Georgia with the way they're recruiting. And look, about almost off, it would be off to a great start by keeping guys like Kyrie Elam in, in the fold, in the state, and becoming Gators. So, you know, sometimes perception is reality. I wouldn't, you know, the class isn't lost uh, or anything's not lost by getting uh, Kyrie Elam. But like I said, this is one of the perception recruits to me. It looks really good. You can get Kyrie Elam in the fold and him not go to Georgia or somewhere else, but specifically Georgia. And uh, to finish out the big targets uh, from this weekend is athlete Mark Anthony Richards uh, and the staff did well here in showing how he'll be used all over the offense. Um, in the playmaker role, somewhat similar to Kadarius Tony, he got to sit. He got to sit with the coaches as they proposed to him how he'll be used: uh, wide receiver, running back, return man. Now he's not naming the leader right now, but Auburn is the team to watch here mostly. Uh, they're also pitching a, a huge role in their offense. But you know, if it's me, you have to you have to see the writing on the wall that Gus Malzahn's on the hot seat <laughs> there at Auburn. You know. I'm not saying he won't succeed and, and, and keep his job, uh, but you know, you know, Mullen's gonna be at Florida for years to come, you know, and it makes the decision makes the decision easy in that regard, uh, you know. But I'm not an 18-year-old kid <laughs> making the decision here, so you know, Miami could also make a push here since uh, you know his brother is his connection there. Uh, but this really looks to be a Florida Auburn battle right now. Uh, this would be an, uh, another big time pull uh, to get the 83rd ranked prospect during uh, during this final push to February signing day. Get these three guys, uh, and, and it's an ideal finish uh, with what's available out there. Go get more. Get Elon. Get Anthony Richards. Mark Anthony Richards. And it's it, it is an ideal finish for what's available out there for these Gators to finish with. Two of the three, still a good finish. Maybe, you know, it, it, this will be a verge top ten class. You get all three, you're firmly in the top ten, I believe, uh, you know, if you want to look at it that way and, and use the rankings for if you're part of uh, what you see in this class and, and what you want to see out of it. But uh, you get the three, and that is a heck of a finish by Dan Mullen and a way to finish uh, with this class uh, and finish with a bang. 
uh, as uh, you know, just these few short weeks before uh, February signing day. So also on campus was offensive tackle Ira Henry, and uh, you know, with, with not many spots available, I just don't see the Gators taking another offensive lineman at this time. Maybe, uh, you know, if, if one of the other targets don't come through, the three I just talked about. Uh, but that still means you'd be adding him to a class that already has seven offensive linemen signed. So it is a position that you, you need a lot of depth, of course, but I think I'd rather save that scholarship for, for next season if it came down to it. One positive note here, though, if you do decide to take him, then you probably keep him away from Florida State, and that just might be worth it. So if we know the struggles Florida State has among, uh, along that offensive line, and you know, this is a, another prospect that's looking good for him or for them uh, if uh, he doesn't choose Florida or Florida decides to move on. You know, I don't know how much the interest is there, uh, but I know he has a lot of interest with, with Hevesy and, and that offensive line. But uh, it, if, if you get him and you keep him away from Florida State, there's some added value there. So um, and the last visitor we'll discuss uh, from this past weekend, defensive end Smith Vilbert. Uh, and even going into the visit, I wasn't sure there was enough time to, to, to really get in, get in it for him. Uh, it was good to see him take this visit, but uh, it looks like Penn State will be tough to beat here. He'll visit Syracuse as well coming up uh, to make his decision. But, you know, I guess it's worth keeping an eye on. A guy who hasn't played a lot of football, just started playing football this past year. A lot of potential there, of course, uh, when you're, you're recruiting a player and getting a player like that. But it uh, kind of be hard to pull him from up north, uh, I think. So we'll kind of see where it goes. Uh, there, but uh, like I said, we're keeping an eye on, but I don't think there's much to look at there. Let's move on to uh, last week, and Jonathan Grenard uh, announced he's coming to Florida, you know, the one we've been kind of on the lookout for, uh, coming to Florida as a grad transfer from Louisville. Uh, there's some familiarity. As he was recruited to play for the Cardinals by uh, current Florida defensive coordinator Todd Grantham back in 2015, he redshirted that year and played for Grantham the next season in 2016 where in 11 games he recorded 22 total tackles, seven tackles for loss, and two and a half sacks. Then came his big season in 2017, appeared in 13 games, making five starts, led the team with 15 and a half tackles for loss, tied for the team uh, honors with seven sacks, finished 32nd nationally in tackles for loss and 47th in sacks. You know how important were his tackles for loss? Louisville, Louisville went eight and five in 2017. Uh, 12 and a half of his 15 and a half tackles for a loss came in the eight wins that Louisville had that year. Just three tackles for loss in their five losses that year. So that's how big of a, a feast or famine it, it was. If he was making plays, Louisville was winning. If he wasn't making plays, then you kind of saw some, some, some things happen where they had some issues. So he'll be available immediately uh, as a redshirt junior uh, for the Gators for, for one season. And since he was injured, uh, in 2018 may apply for another year but I think uh, he may just see how he does this season because if he puts up numbers anywhere like uh, Jacopolite did then I'd assume he'll be gone after just one season and uh, I don't think it can be overstated just how important it is that he's familiar with Grantham's defense and his system more, more than likely be able to come in here plug and play and look Polite only had one year in the system and took to it right away so you know so you know uh, overall he, he's a big time pass rusher with nine and a half career sacks one of the top pass rushers in the nation uh, in, in 2017 uh, he's added some bulk to, to allow him to play with his hand in the ground as well so you'll be able to see he'll be, he'll be versatile he'll be standing up he'll be 
hand in the ground. You know, this is the, the perfect replacement for Jakob Polite leaving early for the NFL. Uh, Grenard, six foot four, two hundred and sixty-three pounds. He's a little bit bigger than Polite, who is six two, two forty-two. You know, so with that size, you know, he can play the run a little bit better, sit the edge a little better than Polite uh, if it comes down to it. And uh, if he can, he just be that more. Ver he, he might be even more versatile uh, than, than Polite. I don't know if he'll make the as big of plays but maybe a little versatile. So, you know, he, he has shown that in some of his highlight videos out there. So hopefully he could consistently do that and, and do that in, in switching from the ACC to the SEC play. You know, I don't really buy into the stock that his stats can't translate coming from the ACC. So especially, you know, getting in some more seasoning with, with, with Sanceri uh, and, and Grantham out there and, and Christian Robinson as well. You know, so uh, the loss of Polite and CC is C.C. Jefferson is big. You know, those two combined for 23 and a half tackles for a loss and, and 12 sacks. So replacing them on this pass rush won't be easy, but you know, we're really comparing him to Polite's production. We're, we're, we're kind of, it is, you, you want to compare Grenard and, and, and Polite. So uh, Polite's production of 17 and a half tackles for loss and 11 sacks. Of course, the six force fumbles would be nice too, but uh, you know, we asked ourselves so much, who could fill in on that all-important pass, pass rush rule uh, in a Grantham-led defense, and, and Florida, Florida and was resting uh, on its laurels here. Uh, they went out, uh, or they weren't resting on their laurels here. They, they went out and, and got somebody. They went out and got a pass rusher. They went out and got a grad transfer that can immediately come in and try to help fill that role that was so important this past season. So maybe you know, there's not too much of a drop-off here. You get the combined Grenard with Jabari Zuniga's six and a half sacks and 11 tackles for loss this past season. And also, you know, also hopefully we get to see the emergence of Jeremiah Moon and some younger guys you know, for a group that can let, be led by uh, Grenard and Zuniga. So big time pickup, great pickup for the Gators. And uh, can't wait to see him uh, when he lines up there. A lot of potential. You go out there and watch his highlight videos. You can see it. A lot of big-time plays, a lot of getting in the backfield. Hey, there's some sacks out there uh, against FSU as well, so uh, he'll be used to that. So uh, that's uh, nice to see uh, as, as well. So uh, Will Miles was a little busy uh, with some real-life stuff this week, so he was unable to join uh, me on this episode. But I do suggest you guys go read his latest article uh, at readingreaction.com titled uh, Beyond Recruiting, Measuring Coaching Development and Applying That to the Gators Dan Mullen. So you guys know how much we, we harp on getting the best players, but that doesn't mean we completely dismiss other aspects uh, of building a team and, and playing. You know, we have all, I've always said uh, development matters, but give me the uh, four and five stars to develop, and that's how you consistently win. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what Will attempts to uh, answer in his latest article. So Will lays out two ways to measure development at a, at a college program. Uh, and quotes uh, from, from Will's article read, quote, the uh, first is to look at how well a program identifies talent and then holds on to it. Uh, this is because a program may recruit seven five-star candidates, but often by the time that player would be making an impact on the field, he has transferred or has suffered an injury. Uh, and the second way to look at development is to examine how a program performs versus the talent that is brought in. You know, so head over uh, to readandreaction.com, uh, read Will's article there, as there are some positive metrics in Mullen's favor, uh, that he, where he grades out really well. So good read, and um, talking about uh, where Mullen graded out really well, and that was the jump in production, a jump in improvement for the Gators from 2017 to 2018. 
some big time numbers and uh, thanks for pick six previews out there uh, for, for providing these stats. Uh, and, and, the Gators were, the, and the Gators were the most improved offense from 2017 to 2018 when looking at points per game. Florida jumped 86 spots in the rankings all the way from 100 breaking from 108th to 22nd in the nation in points per game. 86 spots. Big time jump from Dan Mullen with what he was able to do with Felipe Franks, with what he was able to do with bringing in transfer wide receivers, what he was able to do in getting Scarlett and P. Ryan a lot of carries and, and carrying his team where the running game just got better as the year went on. Felipe Franks got better as the year went on, especially with the production from his legs. So the most improved offense from 2017 to 2018 were our Florida Gators. Huge jump and really speaks to the testament of what the Gators got in Dan Mullen. Was it pretty all the time? Nope. Was it effective? For the majority of the time it was. And that's exactly what we wanted. We wanted progress. We got progress. We wanted excitement. We got excitement. Uh, another big time improvement is uh, rushing offense from 2017 to 2018 yards per carry. Uh, and the Gators jumped up 46 spots there. So, you know, yard uh, overall points per game and then running the ball. We knew that was going to be a staple of this Dan Mullen offense and the talent that he had at Florida. And they jumped up 46 spots from 2017 to 2018 in yards per carry. Hey, look, we moved to the other side of the ball as well. Uh, most improved defense from 2017 to 2018 in points per game. The Gators, one, two, three, four, fifth ranked there in the most improved defense. Jumped 49 spots. So, look, we know Florida has been able to rely on some great defenses, but in McIlwain's final year, everything just kind of fell apart. Randy Shannon wasn't really a fit uh, for what Florida was trying to do. Trying to, the type of talent Florida had, kind of too conservative there. The Gators jump up 49 spots with a more aggressive playing to the kind of Florida speed that you can get on defense and jumped up 49 spots in most improved defense in points per game. And then the last one, uh, most improved pass defense. Uh, kind of surprising there. Most improved pass defense uh, from uh, 2017 to 2018 using quarterback rating. And the Gators jumped up. One, two, three, they were ranked fifth in this category and jumped up 56 spots as far as quarterback ratings go um, there. So some big, big time, big time jumps for the Gators there in production on offense and defense. And especially that last one, you know, we look at Florida as DBU and there were some growing pains uh, with uh, Wilson and Henderson being in their freshman seasons in 2017. Uh, and then Randy Shannon being a defensive coordinator. Uh, just, you know, just wasn't working out. Big time jump in 2018 there with really Henderson being the, uh, the, you know, the, the stalwart corner uh, there from on one side of the field, locking up one side of the field. So I expect Florida to make another big jump or actually you know, kind of stay up towards the top uh, in 2019. But there's some four good stats there by Pick 6 Previews and looking at how teams improved in certain uh, metrics there. So in summary, Pick 6 Preview says to recap 2018 Florida, the number one most improved offense points per game, the number five most improved defense in points per game, number five most improved pass defense, um, number nine most improved rush offense in yards per carry, and in passing, just they're throwing out the stats again that we all know so well, uh, 10 touchdowns and 10 interceptions in 2017 improved to 28 touchdowns and six interceptions 
in 2018. So big time improvement from Dan Mullen and the Gators, and uh, hopefully some more, uh, some more, some more numbers uh, when we get around to 2019 and kind of similar production, if not better. Uh, there, it, it, when we you know play some of the, the better defenses on the schedule, naming those Georgia Bulldogs, hopefully uh, we get some uh, better stats against those guys. We'll close that gap a little bit. But all right, good episode here. Big time, a lot of news, <laughs> a lot of news out there, a lot of excitement, recruiting going well uh, for the Gators. We'll see how it all finishes out here, 2019-2020. Uh, uh, never, never dull when you talk about uh, these Gators, of course. Uh, the tagline here for Gators Breakdown. So, guys, thanks for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, some good stuff out there, good stuff for our Gators. I'm David Waters, the host of Gators Breakdown. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.